Patriots, yeah, they're in the Super Bowl again for the third consecutive season. But where does this season rank among all their Super Bowl runs? Is it the most impressive? Plus, the Chiefs and Saints were eliminated, but who has the brighter future in the NFL considering making pass interference calls reviewable? But should they? As well as an interesting Carson Wentz report and in the NBA, should any team consider signing? Carmelo Anthony, and if so, who, as well as Luka Doncic. Just how impressive has this rookie season been? It all starts now. Okay, yeah, in case you couldn't tell, we have uh, just a little bit of talk about here on a Tuesday. We got NFL, we got NBA, mostly NFL. We'll get to some NBA stuff on Carmelo Anthony and Luka Doncic later on. But first, let's put three minutes on the clock. The New England Patriots, they have advanced to their third consecutive Super Bowl. They're fourth in five years. But I want to talk about this. And this is this, folks. This is the Patriots' most impressive Super Bowl run since their 2001 season. And let me explain to you why. First and foremost, let's realize that this was the most losses a Bill Belichick-Brady team had since 2005. And it wasn't like they were fluky losses, or they were just playing against good competition, or they had some injuries. No, this was, they were just losing. They lost to the Steelers, they lost to the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Lions... We've never seen really a Brady Belichick team lose to that amount of teams that they really have no business losing to. Like obviously they are allowed to have a week off or or just a you know a bad week, but that's more than just a bad week. That was two, three, or four of them. And that's no coincidence, folks. This is one of like there's been Patriots teams that are less talented than this one, but this is one of the least talented. Brady Belichick teams we've ever seen. And let's just go through it. Do they have any elite defensive players? Any. Like, Devin McCourty used to be, and he's still good, but he's not there. Like, maybe you could argue Stephon Gilmore in the season he's had. Maybe. Besides that, it's a bunch of okay to good players who are nothing special. Let's look at Tom Brady. Listen, he's had a very good postseason so far, but Patriots fans, I stick by, he's declining. He hasn't fallen off a cliff. He's still very good, but he is declining. And then you look at the receivers he's had. His top three receivers this season, Julian Edelman, who continues to be ridiculously consistent. James White, who's a running back who can catch the ball, but if that's your second receiver, that's not a good indication. And Josh Gordon, who, let's remember, is not on this team anymore, and they lost after their first 11 games. The best part of this team is their offensive line, which, granted, the fact that they have a good offensive line significantly helped them this season. But you look at this team as a whole, and they have no business being where they are, which is why I say this is the most impressive. And then you look at the teams they've had to face this postseason. Many of you are picking the Chargers. Don't lie. Don't let the final score change your predict prediction. Many of you are picking the Chargers. Many people, including myself, thought they were going to lose to the Chiefs. They hadn't won a road AFC championship game since 2005. Folks, it's time to give respect where respect is due. 
I I get you might have some Patriots fatigue. I get you might be sick of them. But the reality is we're never going to see something like this in our lifetime again. And this season might be the most impressive of it. All right, let's get to this now with three minutes on the clock. The Chiefs and the Saints, both of their seasons are obviously over now. But I want to ask the question I asked on today's show, which is who has the brighter future? And let me say this first and foremost, right? Because I think we as NFL fans and the media kind of tend to think, you know, okay, teams both made the AFC and NFC championship game. They're going to be right back and be really good again next season. Folks, I I get that that's very easy to, to think, but let's remember that that doesn't happen very often. And if it does, it does happen occasionally, but teams can fall off and they can fall off like that in a blink of an eye but I don't see that happening with either of these teams. Both of these teams, I mean, they look to be in real good. And I mean, real good shape going forward. You look at both of these rosters, they're very, very good. They're going to be some of the best out there next season. You also look at both of these teams really lack those big name free agents. Like, both of them have some that they have the possibility of losing. The big one for the Saints, you could probably argue, is Mark Ingram. Like, what do they do there? They don't have a lot of money to spend, but it probably won't take a whole lot of money to keep him. You look at the Chiefs, their big one's probably D. Ford, and that's a bigger one, right? Because D. Ford's going to get paid. He, he's he's going to get paid, like, my educated guess is $70-plus million on a five-year contract or so unless he wants to take a hometown discount. He's going to get paid. The Chiefs don't have that kind of money, but he'd be a big loss to their defense that's already depleted. So what do they do? But overall, you look at these teams and you're like, they're they're set, they're in place. And a large part of me wants to be able to sit up here today and say, well, the better team or the brighter future rather is the Saints short term in terms of next season and the season after that and the Chiefs long term. But then I even consider that and I'm like, wait, is that true? Because let's look at the Saints team. Listen, they were good, right? Obviously, they made the NFC Championship game. You're welcome. I know you came here for great analysis. You got it. The Saints were good. You're welcome. In case you didn't know, that's what I'm here to provide. Um, <laughs> But let's also remind ourselves that Drew Brees is 40 now. And until Tom Brady did it, we had never, and this isn't an over-exaggeration, we had never seen a very, very good season from a quarterback at the age of 40 until Tom Brady did it. So can Drew Brees be the next? Maybe. Sure. There's also some question marks on the Saints defense as much as we talk about the Chiefs defense. It's all those reasons. And quite frankly, it's Patrick Mahomes that has me saying the brighter future next season and for the next five is the Kansas City Chiefs. The one thing they have to fix up is their defense. You got to spend some draft picks and you got to get them right. But if they do that, (laughs) NFL watch out. That's all I have to say. All right, two minutes. Let's get to this before we do here in a couple minutes get to the NBA. But first, the NFL, according to the Washington Post, is considering past interference being reviewable. And I mentioned this on the podcast and show yesterday that this was only a matter of time before this became a conversation because it was a conversation a season or two ago before this incident even happened. And listen, if you want to hear why I think that pass interference call was not the reason the Saints lost that game, you can go listen to yesterday's yesterday's podcast if you missed it. But no, 
the NFL should not consider this. They shouldn't. Do we really want more replay? You really want more replay? <laughs> and listen, I know some NFL fans are going to say, well, Nick, I don't I don't trust the ref, so I'd rather have replay. Really? Would you, though? We want to start making judgments call judgment calls, which is what a pass interference is, reviewable. This is very clear as to what this would be. It would be the catch rule 2.0. It would be a disaster. It would be ludicrous. And it would make the product as a whole worse. You want change? Ask the NFL to rewrite their pass interference rule to make it more clear. You want change? I don't even know if I necessarily agree with this, but you can call for the NFL to retrain their officials and try and make them all clear and have a meeting between them to try and figure out what the hell pass interference even is. But no, I don't want replay. The only thing I would even consider regarding this would be under two minutes. If you want to make it under two minutes reviewable, then fine, let's come to a compromise. But really, I don't even want that. And I find it baffling why anyone would want more replay in the NFL, but I also admit there's a very good chance it could happen. Okay, before I do get to the NBA here in just two minutes, let me get to this. A report coming out from the Philly Voice uh, that is citing several sources calling Carson Wentz quote-unquote selfish, um, among many other things. It was a very relatively detailed article calling him not-so-polite things in any sort of fashion, and this led to several teammates coming to his defense on social media. Listen, do I believe Carson Wentz is selfish? From what I know, no. But do I believe he's a type A personality who could come off a little bit condescending and not in the greatest way for a guy that's yet to win a playoff game? Yes, I do. Let's remember the reports rather that came out when their offensive coordinator was Frank Wright. Remember this? Now the head uh, Colts head coach? And then he taught, had to talk publicly about disagreements they had. Like, I think Carson Wentz is that. Now, listen, I'm not even necessarily saying this is a bad thing. You look around the league, there's many top quarterbacks that have that trait. Tom Brady certainly has it. Um, Peyton Manning certainly had it. Like, you can go down the list of guys who are really, really good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks who had this Joe Montana. Like, this, this exists, and it's... In fact, you could argue not only not a bad trait, you could argue it's good. What I'm concerned with here, and what I would be concerned with if I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, is that Carson Wentz doesn't get too big for his britches, sort of speaks. I'll bring out a 1990 saying on you there. He really can't. Because, sure, it's one thing to be confident. It's one thing to be type A and want what you want and get into some disagreements with your coaches. That happens. But you also have to remember your place. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning can do it at the point they are, were and are in their careers because they've won rings. They can point to their hand. You can't point to a playoff win. So let's just make that very clear and be careful, Carson. All right, let's get to the NBA. I have a couple things I want to talk about here, including Carmelo Anthony with two minutes on the clock. Traded to the Chicago Bulls uh, for about a hot minute, and then uh, he will be eventually, whether it's now or before the trade deadline in February or March, rather, um, be waived. That's going to make him a free agent. (laughs) 
which team should consider signing Carmelo Anthony? None. None. Yes, I said none. We are talking about a 34-year-old, washed-up, selfish, non-winning basketball player who makes the damn Cowboys look like winners. I don't know I'd ever say that about an individual, but I will about Carmelo. He's been in the NBA 15 years, and he's won a playoff series in two of them. As far as I'm concerned, the $240 million he's made from the NBA is highway robbery. This is a guy that nobody should want. It's a guy that everybody should stay away from. It's a dude that hasn't won Jack Diddley squat since he was at freaking Syracuse. You don't want this guy. Now, granted, I'm fully aware some NBA team, because there's just something about the name Mello that makes NBA teams just forget reality and go to delusion land and want to sign this guy. But should they want to sign him? Hell no. Carmelo Anthony. This dude. Listen, I get the raw talents there, and that's what's carried him throughout his career because the execution hasn't exactly been great. And that's being kind. It's been, quite frankly, terrible in many ways. But if another team gives him a chance, unless it's a team that's at the bottom of the league, which at that point... Oh, hell. Actually, you know what? At that point, it makes sense. If you want to tank, sign Carmelo Anthony. Oh, hell, I, I just thought of this on the fly. Yeah, if you want to tank St. Carmelo Anthony, because every damn team he's gone to over the past several years, he's made worse. So there you go. Cleveland, get on it. Go sign yourself some Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> want that top pick? You've got your solution. It's Carm Carmelo Anthony. Maybe I should be his agent. I think I just found a new way to brand him. Um, on that note, let's wrap things up here. With two minutes on the clock for Luka Doncic, the NBA rookie for the Dallas Mavericks, who became the second teenager ever to record a triple-double last night. And in case you haven't been paying attention, and understandable so, understandably so, it's been an NFL season, still is. Let me just update you here, get you up to speed. Because folks, words cannot describe how good of a season this kid's having. He's 19. He's a rookie who is averaging 20 points per game. 6.8 rebounds, and 5.2 assists on 43% shooting. That's <laughs> insane. And to put that into context, folks, there's only been two players in NBA history who have averaged 20, 6, and 5 in their rookie season. Those two players you may have heard of. They're called Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain. And it's not like we're talking about these stats through 10 or 20 games. We're now 55% of the way through the regular season. And that's what he's averaging. So if he keeps that up, which barring injury or, you know, some rookies will fall off at the end here, he is going to keep this up. And if he does keep it up, or quite frankly, anything anywhere close, we are watching a top 10 NBA rookie season ever. And you also look at the intangibles with this dude. He's been a winner. He's the best player on a Mavericks team that otherwise really stinks. A Mavs team that had 24 wins all of last season. We're only in late January and they already have 20 wins this season. Like they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not. But the fact that this kid has been able to get them to do what they're doing already. I, like I, I'm, tr I, <laughs> I try really hard not to buy in on rookie players just because 
I think we go too far both ways. If a kid's having a bad season, we go too far that way and say he's going to stink and be a bust. And if, you know, he's having a good season, then it's like he's going to be the next great thing. I think we go too far. And I'm trying really hard to hold back here. But the longer he does this, the harder it is for me to do that. That's the podcast earlier today. The Sports Nick Show released, as always, on SportsNick.com and the YouTube channel. Um, tomorrow, Sports Nick Show podcast. We have plenty to continue to discuss as the Super Bowl gets closer and as the NBA season heats up. I'll catch you tomorrow.